0: Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Big Ken, a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week he's learned in the hobby by taking you behind the table and inside the mind of a dealer and a collector. Sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded here is the cards. Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Big Ken. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a streaming service, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you'll be notified whenever I drop any new content. Welcome, and thanks for being here. 2023 National Sports Collector Convention is in the books. And the first off, apologies uh, for not dropping any content this week. I had all my equipment but was just so busy uh, when I was in the room. And it and the room, the hotel room, was literally the Wolfpack hangout too. Uh, just meeting up and and moving on to whatever our na- next activity was when we weren't at the show. Um, so apologies on that. Uh, I'm thinking this probably at least two solo episodes to cover the show. Uh, from my point of view, and uh, one show with the entire Wolfpack to break break it down as a group, um, but but definitely definitely is a lot of content to uh, to get through. Um, five straight days, nonstop hobbying. Five days, early morning starts, right late night trade nights, and of course. The Wolfpack family dinner at Gibson Steakhouse. Whoo! You can hear, you can hear. I've lo- like I've lost my voice. So I, I'm 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 hoarse here, and uh, push, pushing this out tonight. It's uh it's Monday night. I I arrived this morning. I flew in this morning, uh, and being self employed, right? There's there's no rest. I, I I was away practically the whole week last week. Uh, had to uh, get home, get changed, and run out and put out fires uh, all day. So uh, definitely looking forward to uh, getting a good night's sleep tonight back in my own bed. But anyways, you know, last week, Wednesday, flew into uh, Chicago. arrived early Wednesday morning, uh, met up with and met in person for the first time. Uh, my man Carmine at Carmine's cards, uh, and half of Crosstown Cardboard podcast. And, uh, we opened and closed the show together. Uh, he was with me, met me in the airport. We went to the hotel, dropped our bags off, went to the, uh, convention center, um, pallet was there. We started ripping down the pallet and setting up tables and setting things up. And at the end of the show, Sunday night, he was there with me when we were loading the pallet back up and starting to shrink rapid. So he, we opened, we opened and closed the show together. And that was kind of cool. Um, you know, last year when I was in Atlantic city, uh, I did the same thing. I got there early Wednesday, but I, I only had a half a table. You know, two showcases, so I didn't it didn't take much setting up, uh, and and I left um, Atlantic City Saturday morning, so I wasn't there for the Saturday or Sunday show. So really, coming into this show, I, I had no uh, I had no idea what to expect on Sunday, uh, and and that may even make it probably will not make it into this probably be in part two, but uh, yeah, so. You know we got set up we set up our space or i set up my space everybody else was there people showing up on wednesday uh setting up the table um you know we got there i think like 11 30 we got over there so of course it didn't take that long to set everything up um i think we were all set up by like one thirty uh went and grabbed some starbucks there was actually there was a star when i showed up and i saw there was a starbucks right in the main lobby i'm like oh tear diary jackpot right I, i could live on this stuff all week um but unfortunately everybody else thought the same thing and the line for this place was you know just insane every single day but anyways waited in line got some stuff uh Figured I'm going to go run off and, uh, you know, look around. I wanted to stop into Panini. Um, if you're, if you're been listening, a listener of the show, you've heard me talk many times about this redemption, this Patrick home, Patrick Mahomes, uh, 2021 Panini black on card auto. It's the smoke show uh, card with it. And it's numbered to 10. So you know, I've been waiting now a few years on this card and and I'm always checking in with Panini. So I said, oh, you know what? I'm going to run over there, uh, you know, before the show gets going. You know, the only people in there now are just the dealers and corporate and everybody's really just, just setting stuff up. And uh, I'm not going to get into the, uh, the, you know, into a, a, a bad experience. But uh, if you didn't have an appointment at Panini, I don't, I don't care who you were. I don't care what time it was. That place was locked down like Fort Knox nobody, nobody was willing to talk to you over there uh, about anything. And I would really just had a question. I'd said to about three people, look, I just have a quick question, you know, just kind of get your opinion or somebody's opinion. Like, should I be holding out for this? Is, is it ever going to come type of thing? And, uh, all they kept asking, do you have an appointment? If you don't have an appointment, I said, okay, um, Luckily enough and and I, and I say luckily enough, it, it worked in my favor, uh, but not for my friend. I had a friend that was had made plans to go out there uh, and had a, uh, an appointment at Panini to trade in some uh, redemption cards that never were fulfilled. and he, last minute he couldn't make it and he said could you do me a huge favor and get my pick up my card? I said, sure. So he sent me all his information and he had a Friday appointment. So I gave up on even trying to talk to anybody. I figured, you know, here it is. It's a, you know, a little hack, right? Somebody else has got an appointment. I'm going to pick up the card, but now I've got the information because you can't, you can't make an appointment the day of the show. Those appointments were probably sold out, you know, weeks before, before the show. So anyways, um, I was able to get in there Friday, uh, walk through all the security with this appointment code. uh, And when I fulfilled his uh, redemption for his black box, uh, I was able to ask my question and they were pretty confident that that would happen this year before the end of this year, that that card would be signed and shipped to me. So holding out for that and uh, fingers crossed. I hope it happens. Um, Went looking for some friends on Wednesday. People I know were, were set up there. Uh, I did have some booth numbers. Um, I was getting lost. And if you were at the show, you know exactly what I mean. There were like four different sections of this show. And once you started walking, you're like, I don't know if I walk all the way to the end, if there's an exit or a connection to another piece of this building uh and I was doing a lot of walking looking for you know looking for people. I found I found most of the people I went looking for. I you know some people I just I didn't find but they found me which was you know perfect. Uh I I think at the end of the day there may have been one or two people that we were at the show both for five days and we never saw each other. So uh that being said uh again if you're at the show you know what I mean uh, the place was massive I mean compared to Atlantic City last year um it w- it would be like comparing my house being Atlantic City to my neighborhood being b- being uh Chicago I mean just it was the night and day difference of the size it was just massive there Um I ended up back at the booth, you know, before the show start, uh, and it started slow. As expected, uh, even last year, I remember last year that Wednesday just being a really slow day and almost feeling a little disappointed um, that it was uh, a slow day. Um, and it's it's a kind of a day that a lot of dealers come around. They're trying to make some, some early sales. And I wasn't interested this show this early in the show, I wasn't interested in selling to dealers. Um, why am I gonna let them have my profit? Right. So, you know, I had a ton of people coming in. I had great inventory, ton of dealers come and They're like, hey, if I pick out like eight or ten of your cards, can we do like 75 or 80 percent? No, no, sorry, not today. <laughs> not today, we can't do that. Maybe on Sunday, but you know, not on Wednesday, the show hasn't even started yet. And, and I was glad I did because, you know, I sold, you know, most of my cards, you know, uh, above above the, I'm going to say above 85%. You know, I, I, I don't think I was at 90. I, I think a few of them maybe. Um, but, but I didn't need to be at a hundred, uh, you know, we talked about my plan and did it work and didn't didn't it work? And of course it worked. I mean, of course it worked. I mean, even up until uh, the day the night before that I was leaving uh f- for Chicago, I went and recomped all my cars. Like none of them had a price tag on them. They've been they've been locked up in the safe, waiting to go, you know, some some for six months, five months, four months, three months. You know that type of thing, um, and uh, I went back and looked at what I paid for them and and how well I did on most cards. Uh, and I had a I had I think it was in June I did an episode talking about where the cards were at that point, and they'd even jumped up even more from there. Um, so. 100% of the comps really for me were probably close to 120, you know, 115, 120 couple, maybe a little more than that, a couple, little less, but you know, so even at 90, I'm still, to me, the profit level that I'm taking in was, was like, I was selling them at a hundred percent comps. And, uh, it definitely worked. I mean, not a home run, but a grand slam to me. Definitely worked. And they were cards everybody wanted. I talked about this. They were cards everybody wanted. Um, after the first, even on the first day on Wednesday... You know, all the dealers, I'm, I kind of turned them away. Um, I didn't make any sales in the first couple of hours. On, on my singles boxes, I did. Even dealers were digging in there, and they were just paying my price on my singles by My singles boxes were, were well-priced. They were buying into there. Um and probably that, that was, you know, started at three, right? So just after five, around five 30, I, I think people finally reached us. I know we were right next to the Beckett booth. So every day people were running when the doors opened. they were running for Beckett to submit their cards for the day. Um, but besides that, it generally took, you know, a half an hour or so into the show before people got to where we were. So, you know, Walkers got, you know, to the area that we were in. So it was probably after 5 5:30 five, uh you know things started to ramp up and you know everybody's got a badge right so on even on Wednesday it was the VIP which were like these gold badges right I think it was like orange or gold and and the dealers were green and you could tell, I could see the shift, all the green, all the dealers were running around the first few hours. And then you could see the shift that the VIP badges that the lanyards people were wearing started to come in. And then all of a sudden I started getting sales. People were coming up and they were, you know, on some cards and I'll give you, for instance, I had a card priced at, you know, 650 and that card I would let go at, you know, 620 625 maybe even, you know, 610 depending and and you know, people are walking in looking at the card, looking at the comp, looking at the card. I said they're well priced. They're like, definitely, they're like uh six forty. I'm like, yeah, perfect. Boom. Right. You know, or somebody come in and say six twenty, I'd say six thirty or six, yeah. No, and they were just yes, they they were trying to get a discount even off the discounted price to begin with, but they uh they were happy to buy the cards and pay for the cards between five and eight. Between five and eight, which is three hours of the first day on that Wednesday, I had the single best day of sales in that three hours that I ever had at a show. And I sold just under 25% of my inventory. And you might ask, I mean, people said to me, do you think you sold it too cheap? No, because I think if I was priced higher, I probably would have been sitting on those cards. And this has happened at shows where I price though, you know, and people come and they, they look and that's eh, a little too high. They don't even make an offer and they move on. Um, I didn't mind pricing them and, and and I stand behind it. And if that show started again tomorrow, I would price them all exactly the same way again. I wouldn't change what the plan. I started the plan. I was invested into the plan hundred percent and I wouldn't have changed it at all. I would have done the same exact thing. Single best day of sales in three hours. Just under 25% of my inventory went on Wednesday. It was incredible. Um, In five days, I sold about 75% of my inventory. Football QBs were hot. We knew they were going to be hot. And that was what I mostly had in my inventory. Um, Women's soccer. Women's soccer was really hot. So excited to see that. Uh, People were really liking the women's soccer. Um, Pop culture was hot too. Uh, My pop culture stuff was hot. Uh, Same thing like when I talked about being at Chantilly, the bigger show people really like that. Now here is you know, the show, the stage, this, the, the biggest stage, right? For a show. And uh, yeah, I sold a ton, a ton of pop culture stuff. I had, uh, I had women's WNBA cards. They did not sell uh, as well as I did. People really liked those cards. They commented on those cards. They wanted to have a conversation about those cards, but they really didn't buy the cards. Um, I still think it's a great market and I'm still going to stand by that market. Um, but I can say that, you know, I did not, I I traded one and I sold maybe two or three of those compared to, you know, my soccer, my women's soccer inventory. I probably sold 30 or 40% of, of, of my women's soccer inventory. So that, you know, between that and the pop culture, it was football, you know, and And women's soccer and pop culture were really kind of tied. I mean, of what I had in my inventory, I moved a ton of stuff. I know basketball was moving, it was pretty big. And this would be the time, right? This would be the time you start buying basketball. If I was, if that was my lane and I was going to jump into it, I would have been out there buying basketball now because I just think that, you know, this is probably the right time to buy that. Um, but it's just not my lane and I don't know enough about it. And, um, I I think what I'm doing is working for me and I'm really having fun doing it. And I'm loving the people that I'm meeting that, that are also into this. So, uh, I'm going to stick with, 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 with my three lanes right there and, you know, dabble in a few other things, but, you know, concentrate on the, uh, on the football. Um, and I talked about selling 75%. I still have my high end cards. Um, and they were cards that, everybody was interested in everybody wanted to buy them but the price had to be right for them um and it wasn't it wasn't because they it's it's interesting and i t- i talked about this you know when i was reviewing you know uh the cards that i i had and i was talking about those higher end cards and I and I thought to myself, you know, people ask for discounts on the lower end cards, but they ask for bigger discounts on the higher end cards. It's just it's just the way it is. Everybody wants to, be, you know, on a lower end card, if you, they, they want 40 or 50 bucks and then you get on to a higher end card, they're in the hundreds. They want 300, 400, $500 discount because it needs to make sense to them because they're afraid they might get stuck with it. They want a lot more room in it. So if if someone's making an offer, they can just take a little bit of a profit and hot potato, pass, pass it on to somebody else. Um, but i really didn't want to go that low because there were cards that i i really like and i would just keep i would just keep because i like them right uh no problem with that no problem with that but my higher end cards did not sell um all the cards i well, i'm gonna say mostly all the cards i had that were eighteen hundred dollars and less all sold I mean, all of all of them sold cards that were nineteen hundred up to thirty four hundred dollars. I still, I still have all of them. I did not sell one of those cards. And another interesting thing is, people wanted to trade for those cards too. Nobody really. They would have. They agreed on the price, but they wanted to trade four, five, six, seven cards up. And it was really nothing that I was looking for in the cards. A lot of people had basketball and they wanted to trade into basketball. I don't do anything with basketball. And I find it hard to try to trade football at this time of year. I know there's a few more opportunities to to sell before the season starts, but I I just didn't want to start trying to pick up football and quickly trying to move it again um, because I, I had enough inventory. I only had a limited amount of space and I had a ton of inventory. I brought all my cards with me even cards that were stale cards that were in boxes and discount boxes i brought them too and as i moved out my big inventory my great inventory i just kept replenishing the cases with other cards and they kept selling too so i was happy i was happy to do that um early on in the show i forget what day it was you know people would come by are you buying sure i'm always looking to see what you have uh, but I was excited to see hockey starting to come out. Um, people did not want to sell the hockey at a discount though, even though the comps are, you know, say, you know, on a card were $500 that that's what the comp and, you know, I'm trying to get it in at, at, at 80% and they're like, Oh, they, they want 110%, you know, because it's hockey. Well, it's just the off season now. I said, but you know, that's what the price is. You know, that's, if you're coming to sell something in the off season, you, you, you have to expect you're going to take somewhat of a hit on it. I understand that. I think everybody understands that. Um, I did purchase uh, a 2012-2013 Alex Ovechkin PMG uh, to the blue to 50, uh, and it was a BGS 7.5 um, and the guy came with the card and, you know, he was, you know, figured the comp was 1800 He wanted 1500 Um, I didn't even come anywhere close to that. And I said, I don't want to embarrass you, but, you know, right now, this time of year, this is really what this card is worth. It's not worth what you think it is. You know, I'm happy to, he, and he really said, just make me an offer. And at that point, I thought to myself, nobody's probably making an offer to him on this card. So... You know, I threw out an offer that made sense to me. And he said, no, nah, I think that's too low. He took about four steps away from the table and he came back and he said, you know what? I had the card long enough. I'm going to take your offer. I said, okay. Um, and I thought to myself, there's a great card that I'll hold on to and I'll move, you know, in the fall when hockey season comes around. Uh, and I ended up moving that card hours later at a trade night with, at a sizable profit and, and I was happy with that. Um, it wasn't an over the top profit. The person who got who I sold it to knew that they were getting a great deal on it and they were excited about it. But one of the things, one of the reasons I really moved that card to that person and I could have held it and really made a great a big profit on it, I think, was that it was going to be a PC card for them. It was going to be or actually a gift for their son, and it was going to be a PC card. So I was happy. To be able to move that card to somebody who would pc it because as far as when you're a dealer i mean you just get to know everybody who wants to flip a card you know you go to these trade nights it's all about getting a card so you can flip a card or at the shows. A lot of these guys, they're coming, they're calculating, they're looking at comps and, and they know right away. If I buy that card for this, I can move it for that. And that's what they want to do. And I understand that. And I understand there's, there's way more flippers that come to these card shows than collectors. Um, or I'm not, I shouldn't say the national, cause that's, that's really uh, a much, a much bigger stage. And I, that was probably not correct. Uh, but a lot of the smaller shows, I should say, and the medium shows uh, like that. So, you know, it, it it's hard to make a connection when you know somebody's just buying a card to go. And I, you know, I always talk about telling a story, right? I want to tell a story about a card. And I pass that story on. Sometimes these people look at me like, okay, 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 give me the card. Let's go, let's go. Like, I don't need to hear a story because, the card, I have no connection to this card. I'm gonna go move it to this guy as fast as or somebody else, whoever the next person's willing to pay me five or ten percent more for this card, they're getting this card, right? So um, you know, sometimes it feels good when you start talking to somebody and, and and you realize that it'll be a PC card or somebody's collection that it's not gonna get flipped right away, that you're happy to, you know. Move the card and and not be so worried about getting an enormous profit. Uh, on uh, Wednesday, uh, Anne Marie from the Women in the Hobby booth was coming. Just came came by my table and saw that I had women's soccer and WNBA cards, and she was really excited. We talked for a while. Uh, told her my PC was Trinity Rodman. Um, and she said she hadn't had gotten her cards yet. I guess they were either being shipped there or whatever. She said, When I get my my cards, when my cards get here, I'm gonna bring them back over and you know share them with you. And I was excited. I was like, Great, I can't wait. Um later in the day, uh Tim from Slab Strong. Um, uh, so at the women in in hobby booth, they had packs of cards from Parkside uh that were just you know, four for the people at the national. So they were just handing them out. They could rip the cards. And I'd gone by earlier and somebody'd hand me a, a pack of cards. I opened them up. And um, you know, people were just opening up the cards. So there was a post on IG that someone tagged me in, uh, and Tim from Slab Strong, his wife had pulled the Trinity Rodman purple number to five from one of those packs of cards, the giveaway cards at the, at the, the booth, the women of the hobby booth, you know? So I commented that I would buy the card if they wanted to sell it. Um, and about an hour later, uh, Anne Marie came back by the booth. I'm like, Oh, she's probably, I saw her coming. I'm like, Oh, she probably has her, her, she probably got her cards. And she just walked up to the table and she just handed me that Trinity Rodman number to five card and, and said, that's for you. And just started to walking away, and I'm, I'm looking at, it, I'm like, well, wait, what? It says, yep, that this card is for you, um, and I'm starting to tell people who are looking for women's soccer and WNBA where you are. I've got your booth number. I'm going to tell people where to find them. She's gifted me the card. I I was absolutely blown away that she gifted that card to me. Um, you know th- that's. To me, that's what the hobby all about. Uh, I I did make sure that through the week that, and I'm glad this happened to me on Wednesday because I, I was so motivated to pay it forward through the week. Anytime I could do something a little extra for somebody, I stepped up and did it. It just put me into that that mindset that, you know, I don't want to be in the hobby. I want to be part of the hobby. And, and I want to be part of the success of the hobby. Uh, and and I was excited and I was happy, happy to do it. Um, she had come back on Sunday. Uh, I was able to trade with her. Um, I think it was Sunday. Yeah, was sun, Sunday, I was able to trade with her. She came with a Trinity Rodman um, auto inscription uh, that I never knew existed. I have one of the cards that, um, that has the same inscription, but this was a completely different card from that set. And I have the cards here. I'm just going to show you quick if you're on YouTube. Um, this was the purple card. You got to make sure you got a. So this was the purple card. It was numbered to five. Um, this is the one with the inscription on it. And this is numbered to... Also, this is also, where am I going? Also numbered to five. It's the uh, 2021 NWSL Rookie of the Year inscription. Now, I have one of these cards, but it wasn't autoed or inscripted. So those were those two cards. Uh, Yes, I was excited uh, about getting both of those cards uh, and, you know, adding more cards to my, to my PC. Um, it, 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 it's the power of social media, right? The power of social media. Um, I had so many people texting me at the show about a booth selling women's soccer and taking pictures of the cases and you know, sending it over, messaging it to me. Uh, and, and on Saturday there, you know, set up my guy, Rob sports card therapist. And, you know, he was taking time going out and meeting people and doing a little shop. And I said, Hey, give me like 20 minutes. I really need to get down to this, uh, to this booth and check out these cards. He said, go ahead. I got you covered. Uh, so I make my way down to the booth on Saturday and, and I meet joy, uh, on Instagram at, J-E-R-N-E-R-S.sports.cards. Uh, and she had a lot of great women's soccer cards. Uh, I did buy uh, a Trinity Rodman. It was from the same set, but this one was numbered to 65. And I'm just going to hold this one up. So it's the same set with the autograph without the inscription. And this one was numbered to 65. So I did buy this card off of her uh, while I was over there and talked with her for a while. I uh, had a great conversation with her. Uh, And I asked her, no 2021 Parkside Trinity Rodman Purple Ink, you know, the the card I've been talking about, this is what I was going to look for at the National, uh, the Signature Series. She said, no, I don't have any, but someone that she knew was just there with that card that was selling it, uh, but it was with the blue ink, not the purple ink. Uh, and they just left. They were just leaving the show. They were heading to the air, going to the airport to head home. And I said, "Do you have their contact information?" She gave me his IG information. So at least I had a lead on the card, right? At least I know I knew someone who was selling it, and you know I may be able to get get. I, I was looking for the purple, but you know, eventually I would have been after the blue, and uh, I'm I'd be super stoked to get the blue. Uh, so when I got back to my booth, you know, Saturday, it's one of the busier days of the hobby. And I knew, uh, Rob had to leave later that day, so I wouldn't have any coverage. So I got over there. So I kind of hustled back to, uh, to the booth. And when I got back, I sent, I sent the guy a message, uh, telling him, Hey, I'm interested in buying, you know, the card. If you're still here, stop by my booth. This is my booth number. If not, you know, message me and, and, and let's chat. So you know, we, he messaged back. He said, I'm at the hotel room. I'll take some pictures of it of the card and I'll send it to you. So, you know, he sent me, uh, sent me some pics and said, look, if you're serious, my friend who's dropping me at the airport is coming back to the show. If you're really serious about buying it, I'll give it to him to bring back to you. If we can, you know, if we can agree on a price. Um, so I said, yeah, I mean, let's, if you want to do that, I'm all for it. You know, what is your best price? We negotiated back and forth for a little bit. And, uh, we, we came to an agreement and he said, all right, I'm going to give this card to my friend, just pay him cash when he gets there. I said, a hundred percent. Um, he came back with the card. There was a video that was put out. You may have seen it on Instagram of me making the purchase of the card. Uh, and, and yeah, I was just, just think about it, me just meeting somebody at a table and saying, "This, I'm interested in this card, and within 30 to 40 minutes, I purchased one of the cards, and I'm going to hold that up now, because I am just super excited about having this card. Look at that thing. It is an SGC8, and... It's just awesome. It It, it is, it is going to go to the top of my pyramid, of my card pyramid. I'm so excited to have this card. It's not the purple, but it's still second best, right? The second best rookie auto um, and an unbelievable PC card for sure. You know, I mentioned the power of social media with acquiring cards, but I really need to thank all of you listeners who came by the table to say hello and shake my hand, who stopped me in the lobby, stopped me in the hotel, stopped me at trade nights, even the guy this morning at 5.30 this morning, you yelled to me in the airport from another terminal, you know, on, on the other side saying, uh, you know, hey, Big Ken, I'm looking forward to this week's recap episode. Um, and, and even people who showed up with gifts, you know, um, with, with, with some cards and even uh, Utah State Prison coin. I mean, it's just, just the outpouring is unbelievable uh, from all the listeners. I am so humbled. Uh, the experience of the National is like none other, especially as a dealer. But when I got on the plane this morning and I was just thinking about how many people I've reached through the podcast and how many of you recognize me and start, you know, and I started asking and you, and you know who you are. I mean, I did uh, national was a whirlwind. I could not write down or remember every single person. I would not want to leave anybody out, but everybody I asked, you know, and when they said, and I, you know, I love the show. I listened to the show. You know, I said, where are you from? And, and all over the United States, I mean, all over the United States, Uh, I have to admit, I was a little bit emotional. Uh, because up until national, you know, I had no idea. I had no idea how many people and how far my reach was with this podcast. And I know that may sound silly, but it's a hundred percent true because when I sit here and i'm I'm looking at the camera and I'm doing this, I have no idea, you know, I know I know what my streams are. I know you know the the numbers of people listening. Uh, I know the numbers of people who subscribe. You know, but it was just, it, I, I, my mind was blown. It just blown that how many people I reach. Uh, and I appreciate each and every one of you. And I truly mean it when I say at the beginning, thanks for being here. I, I truly, I truly mean that. Um, and thank you. I want to thank everybody who stopped me, talked to me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just completely humbled and blown away. Um we hosted the first Wolfpack Trade Night uh, and Hobby Hangout on Friday night at the Crown Plaza. It was a raging success. Uh, cash bar that had a line all night until they closed it. Until they closed, they had to close up the bar, uh, but there was a line there all night. Uh, a live DJ and a packed house all night. Um, the manager came in around 9 p.m. and said we could keep the room open for as long as we'd like um, it it was unbelievable how many people were in that room. And then after that, more people started pulling in because I, apparently the trade night at Lowe's got shut down. So everyone came from, from over there to ours, it's the hallways, you know, upstairs around the corner. It was, it was just unbelievable how many people were there, you know, trade night started at six. So, you know, we left the show like around five, ran back to the room, you know, quick change and downstairs to, you know, get set up for trade night. And, you know, you don't have time to eat or, or do anything. So around 11, uh, I know uh, uh, Rob ordered some deep dish uh, pizza ordered to be delivered to the room. So we all headed upstairs uh, around 11 to eat. I mean, we were just getting to eat dinner at that point. Um, And we went back down to the trade night area at 1 a.m., you know, and the room and the hallways were still full of people. You know, we were coming down and we were proud. I mean, I I have to say, man, we, we were just, we were glowing and we were coming down there at one o'clock in the morning. And as we're coming down, coming down the stairs and I start to see a crowd of people and we weren't even close to where that room was yet, man. We were just looking at each other, a couple of fist bumps, big smiles. We're like, yeah, you know, we did this. We put this together and it was a raging success. Um, I, I don't, I don't remember how late we stayed. I'm sure it was like one quarter to two when we got out of there. And there was just still a ton of people in there, you know, trying to trade uh, huge success. And just the first of many to come, um, on part, on part two, uh, I'm going to talk about some deals that I made at the show, some deals I made at trade night, uh, and, and, you know, just the rest of my experience in Chicago, uh, and, and things that I did, I'm, I'm pushing on 40 minutes here. So I'm going to stop this one. Now I'm going to try to drop another one tomorrow night. I'm going to try to drop a back to back, uh, this week. Cause I, I, I missed you guys last week. So, uh, I'm going to try to drop a back to back and I know Thursday, uh, we're going to have, uh, you know, a Wolfpack recap, uh, drop on Thursday. So, uh, it's going to be a lot of content this week, a lot of content. Um, I want to thank everyone for tuning in and if you like what you hear please like, definitely subscribe and most importantly tell the friend and spread the word and until next time take care of yourselves and everyone around you